new CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions. You never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome back. Welcome in to Country Roads Confidential at Earsports.com, a Paramount podcast product. I am Mike Casaza. Welcoming in Chris Anderson. Chris, do you hear that? What is it? It's the NCAA fumbling at the front door with its keys, trying to get back into an establishment that it has removed itself from long, long ago. Name, image, and likeness is just out of control due in large part to the NCAA's, I would say, willing incompetence. Just an ignorable, ignor- ignorance? Ignoring? What's the word here? Uh, I don't know. Didn't, didn't we change the locks on these guys? Yeah. So they yeah. can't get back in? It's actually uh, open 24-7, so like it's one of those things that just opens no matter what, and they're still trying to get in. They can't get in. So They chose not to acknowledge, I mean, I would say, Deeply rooted, deeply concerned, deeply resourced, researched um, worries about the NIL era and just said, oh, we're going to let the states do it. We hope the Congress steps in when you're <laughs> when you're punting for help from Congress in a short amount of time. That's that's kind of a sign. But here we are now. And the NCAA looks like it's going to get involved. And when I say the NCAA, what, what's kind of encouraging here, this is not President putting his finger on things saying, I got this. This is going to be a dedicated task force with a, with a name that we know very well involved in it. Um, overdue, sure. Needed, absolutely. Um, reasonable, I don't know. But what are we looking at here? And and why is it taking so long? Well, the NCAA is involved, so that's why it's taking so long. But I... I Wait, how many times, Mike, do we, and we being you and I, we being everybody, have to see this coming and say, this is what's going to happen. You better, no, don't do that. This is what's going to happen. And and then it just happens. And then they're trying to stuff everything back in the box and, and, and change it again. Because every single thing that has happened with NIL, with the transfer portal, Anyone with any even the slightest bit of common sense saw coming and saw how big of an issue it was going to cause in college football. And here we are. It is a tremendous problem up and down the sport, up and down to all the sport. I mean, not just football. And I, 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 the, here's the, pro, the the biggest problem is I don't see a very good way of rolling back the clock here. You you can't stuff everything back in and, and have it. Well, for just forget these last couple of years. Once these players and and you know got got a taste of all this money and free and wheeling transfers are you going to go back and be like hey actually you can't get any of that money for any of this stuff i there's going to be a large pushback there's going to be courts forever i just don't see an easy solution here and it's nobody's fault but the ncaa's so on wednesday morning you and i spoke about the transfer portal windows and then yep. some other fixes 
to the subsequent issues that a portal window and the acknowledgement of the transfer phenomenon, what that was going to cause problems with when it came to scholarship numbers annually. How do you control that? Well, hey, put a cap on your official visits. That's a pretty reasonable way to address the problem. I don't want to say solve, but you're addressing it. Fine. I am on your side here. I don't know how they do this because it's it's just not going back in the bottle, back in the tube. I didn't like that. And I just think that the NCAA is just seen in such a position that people are going to cross their arms. Schools are going to cross their arms. Donors are going to cross their arms and go, I dare you. And and who's going to win, right? That's going to be tough. So we'll see there. Um, I was looking back at what I wrote in late May and then throughout June. It's a number of stories about just kind of brow sweat, hand-wringing. People were really worried about what could happen. And it's all happened. And I was I was talking to administrators. I was talking to coaches. I was talking to legislators, like just the gamut of people who would hear something or read something and want to talk about it or want to weigh in on it. And it led to content that I was like, man, this all seems very heavy. And it is. I have not won the lottery, Chris. If I did, probably wouldn't be here. But like, I didn't know the future here, but it certainly looks like a lot of people did. And they were just ignored throughout all this. And some of that is the NCAA and some of that is like this task force they're going to put together because they could have or should have known better and, and could have done something and should have done something but didn't. And now you're at a point where it's going to be hard and they're, they're not going to get what they want. Like they're not going to want a reset, but they're going to want something that's a lot more sane and reasonable and equitable for everybody else. Never mind financially, but just competitively. But that's their baseline. They're not going to get it because this is going to become a negotiation. That's kind of sad. Like, it's still going to be a very compromised outcome. I don't know what they're going to do. I also don't even know where they begin. My suggestion, let's cut this crap out about six, seven-figure deals for recruits. Um, yeah. you, can, you can reward somebody for having a good season, for being tall, handsome, pretty, successful, athletic, whatever you want to do. That, that whole name, image, and likeness, if you've cultivated a brand and you can market it, great. If you're a really good gymnast or you can make three-pointers at your high school, if you're the top quarterback for a state champion in a major state and the SEC or the ACC wants you, if you can throw a fastball 98 miles an hour, that does not get you six or seven figures because you were good in high school based on an NIL system that exists in college. That would be where I would start. And that, to me, seems pretty easy to police. Like, it's not easy in that fact that you just say no. But that is something that you can certainly put a check and balance on. And you can commit a task force to the recruiting. And, and you can have your members police themselves, um, which I actually think is kind of effective because people are pretty ticked off about this. But that's where I would begin. Um, let's cut this nonsense out about paying high school commits hundreds of thousands and even millions of dollars like what are we doing here how did this happen Start i, I don't know me and al bundy are awaiting our checks from nil for high school <laughs> athletic success so <laughs> I, I i i'm still waiting on it but i haven't seen it yet but i'm with you and i think this is what people don't understand about the rules everybody seems to think that it's the wild wild west and it, it kind of seems like it right now and they're acting like it right now but technically paying high school players to come to a school is still against the rules. It is still against the rules. 
it's it seems strange to kind of draw this line here and try to differentiate between it all. And, and this is the NCAA's fault again, but you are allowed to get paid. You can get paid in high school for other reasons, but you are not supposed to get paid. Whatever payment you receive is not contingent upon where you attend college. Even the deals say, and I'm going to use the example here. I'm not saying West Virginia is doing this. I'm just, this is a West Virginia podcast. So here we are. Say Toothman Ford is paying Dante Stills. In that contract, Toothman Ford cannot say, you know, this contract is null and void if you no longer attend West Virginia University. It cannot. It cannot. I know, obviously, you know, I know, everybody listening to this knows that it kind of is. But. There's you cannot put that in the deal. It cannot be contingent on attending a school or playing that sport. That, that's against the rules. So paying recruits to go to a school is definitely against the rules. And I think that that's where things have just shifted. And that's where it's gone into now. Kids, like you said, are getting six, seven figure deals to attend schools as recruits when they haven't done anything yet. And and one Against the rules, two, outrageous, three, as I mentioned in a story on the site uh, yesterday on Wednesday, that's going to, that's ruffling feathers among current players all over college football, all over college athletics, period. Um, we saw it in the Miami situation with a guy getting upset about a new guy getting 800 grand. It, it, it's happening at smaller stages as well, smaller, smaller amounts and smaller deals. And I understand it. I completely understand it. Uh, imagine Mike and I busting our butt on this WV beat forever, and then all of a sudden, you know, CBS slash Paramount slash Viacom, whoever is signing our checks lately, hires somebody else to come in and help out a WVU, some 18-year-old kid, and pays them twice as much as Mike and I. I'd be pissed. <laughs> I'd be pissed. And I imagine players are as well. And and I understand it. And it's gonna be it's it's gonna create some rotten, rotten relationships and some some issues all around athletics for a while, even after they try to get it fixed. So let's step back here and broadly talk about this. The expectation is that within these next couple of weeks and months, and I think it's gonna be more immediate than that. And again, the fact that the AFCA has put its hands on the transfer portal phenomenon and said, We're gonna fix this. I think that is a good sign, and I think it's also contagious, and that's probably why you're seeing the NCAA saying, "Here's a problem we absolutely have to fix." Like, this is this is hurting fandom. It really is. Like, yeah. I was I was talking to someone the other day about this. This is probably a bigger point, but um, and, and, the, and the conversation was, you're just going to see the split from the ten conferences to five. Well, you're going to have your 64, 65, I guess, power five, and then everybody else can be separate. And they said it's not going to be sixty five. It's going to be like thirty two. Because not everybody in the Power Five can do this. So this has to go back to normal or at least closer toward normal. So anyways, what the what the goal from the NCAA is, and this comes from, from Shane Lyons, the athletic director at West Virginia, who is the chair of the NCAA Council. That's the guiding hand for NCAA legislation. And they're going to basically crack down, is the word, on boosters who are funding NIL payments. Lyons says, you know, hey, how are these boosters having conversation with the athletes? They're not allowed to. We've never let boosters be involved in the recruiting process. Where did they go off the tracks? Yeah, those are those are really good questions and points that probably should have been raised and addressed before. However, 
there's a really good quote um, from Lyons here in this Dennis Dodd story. It says the guidance is you're in violation of the rules because the rules haven't changed. That's where the NCAA is like, hey, we've had these rules and everybody said, stick it. Like, we're going to run amok. We're going to we're going to bring back the wild, wild west. And they did. And that's that's kind of a, a, a harrowing tale, I think, about the enforcement that doesn't exist and that they're going to try to put in place now. But also, like, he's right. Like, boosters cannot interact with and pay. And that, that's as simple as, like, $10 handshakes or $100 handshakes to, like, you can't give. If, you, if, if you're if you a fan who's coming home from a football game and, and you see the star running back walking home in the rain, you can't give the kid a ride. Like, that's how screwed up the rules are. But that's also what the rules are or were at a time. So those rules exist. And yet they were people thumbed their nose at them for so long because no one, no one thought the NCAA had the ability to do anything about it. Now you're going to try to, but that's how, how it's gone so far now. And what's really interesting to me, and this comes from lions is that these collectives, including NCAA's or West Virginia's country roads trust. He says the collectives are boosters. To be to be to be, I don't know, universal here or speaking a language a lot of people can probably understand. I think a lot of people would view these collectives as like money launderers, which is like people are giving you the money to pay the kids and just saying, hey, here's a legal channel that's not necessarily, you know, me, the the billionaire coal magnate who wants to support West Virginia, just giving it to somebody to come to school. I'm gonna give it to Country Roads Trust. And all of a sudden it's more legal. It's very interesting to me that collectives are being targeted here too. And that's that's going to that's going to perk up a lot of people who've put focus and energy and time and attention in these collectives because they are working, including at West Virginia. And I don't know what the future holds there. That's gonna be very interesting. Yeah, that that was the part that stuck out to me about this whole situation. That 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 not only, you know, this part came out, this story from Dennis Dodd came out on was it Tuesday night, mm-hmm. I believe. And there are still schools announcing new collectives like as recently as last week. Like, you know, there's still some schools that are putting that together, putting, you know, building these programs to help their players. And the fact that the incident was like, well, now we're going to crack down on that. I I think, I mean, all the issues that you just mentioned, I've, we brought up before and talked about that, that, what is this group? What is this collective? We, I mean, we know that they're they're helping get money to the players, but like you said, I, I think the money laundering analogy is there, and anybody that's looking at it is like, wait, how does this work? And I don't. I go back to the Pandora's box thing. You can't. Are the is the NCAA going to be able to? All right, everybody, shut down all your collectives. Those are all illegal. Like, and they're just going to disappear. No. No, it's not going to happen. So I, I, what's the next step? Like you got to alter them in some way. You got to manage them in some way. I, I, I just don't see how they fix this again. This, this should have been one of those preemptive things that the NCAA did, but instead now they're trying to fix it after the fact and they'll never be able to. Yeah. Bad sign is the NCAA saying, let's leave it to the States or Congress. Cause that's not working in any capacity. It seems like across the map right now, but also like you saw schools, States passing laws and then saying, wait a minute, let's take that law off the book because no one cares. Like why put a law in that we might break when we don't even need a law. 
right? It, it was like the purge for college football <laughs> and college sports in general. Hey, nothing's illegal right now, too. So I think this is good. Again, you have to start the recruiting process, and that's what this does. Like the boosters are not allowed to interact with recruits, which would mean transfers and and high school players and junior college players too. So that's good. That's a start, and then it kind of police itself after there and brings some sanity back toward it. Um, that's good, I think. And how they how they do with inducements for for players to stay. I think that's going to be impossible. Like you can't tell a player who's thinking about the NFL, um, hey, stay here without some sort of NIL leverage. But this is not that. This is just basically saying let's keep the outside money that's never been allowed in. Let's keep it out and make sure it's out and and kind of reset this a little bit. We're not putting everything back into the way it was. Can't. But we need to let's get the most sorted and most illegal elements out of this, which is let's not find ways for boosters to somehow say, come to my school and you get this before you do anything. Which that seems logical to me, and I think you can do that. And if you're going to have a task force and it's going to be the membership policing each other, I think that's going to be helpful there, too. Um, I do want to point this out. We we spent some time in a podcast about how to do things over the summer, um, excuse me, over the, in the fall about what to do about um, this, basically. And we had different ideas. One of mine was you're going to have to create a task force and you're going to have to police this yourself because you're not going to get help from an overarching body. Some other ones we had that I thought were very good, and, and yours, I think, had the most traction, Chris, was um, if we're going to treat this like free agency and professionalism, then a player who comes in his first year, maybe he or she should not be able to make NIL money, or maybe they have to complete a semester, or I don't know, play a game. And then you have a cap for your first year, your second year, your third year, your fourth year, maybe your fifth or sixth year. That doesn't seem crazy right now, and it does seem like it puts some logic back into this, too. And then also, if you transfer... I don't know. I don't want to say you reset and you're back in your first year on campus, but maybe you maybe that last year on your prior campus doesn't count. If it's just a transfer, that doesn't make any sense. If it's something for like, you know, for example, if um, if, if you go to I'm trying to think of a really good college like Stanford, Stanford, it's hard to get into their grad school. And a lot of undergrads who want to be postgraduate transfers will leave Stanford because it's hard to get into their grad school. Situations like that. Georgia Tech's another one. Um, you can't get in or you don't want to get in. You don't want to be an engineer. You want to go somewhere else? Okay, that's an exception. Maybe you don't lose it. So there's there's certain fair elements in there you can do. But I think scaling it and and tiering it in a contract setup, let's lean all the way in. If this is going to be simulated professionalism with free agency and, and contracts, like you said, okay, let's go all the way with that. And let's try to add some sort of an establishment that's consistent there that lets this have some order and makes it easier to police. Why wouldn't we do that now? Some people say I'm an idiot. Other people, like my mom, say I'm ahead of the curve, Mike. Yeah. But now that you've had some time to soak up your genius, how should it look? How should it work? What do you think is most reasonable as far as a fix here? I, I think, again, the the structured, tiered, the longer you're at a school, the more money you can make in NIL is, is the best way to go. And then you were talking about uh, transfers and maybe not resetting. I think if you graduate, if you graduate from your school, you don't have to reset, period. For, for again, you know, the post-grad stuff and all that stuff. But if you graduate your school, if you get your degree from the program you're at, then I don't think you have to reset. Um, now, do you have to build in something for if there's a coaching change? I think that seems like a, a one big step you could make, but... Then you start the slippery slope, I think, if, if you mm. do that. If you start saying, yeah, well, if you have a coaching change, then you don't have to reset your clock or your, you know, your earning potential. Um, 
And then somebody's, well, what about if your position coach changes? Well, what about if this changes? And then all of a sudden we're going to go down that whole same slippery slope that we had with the uh, hardship waivers. And all of a sudden everything's just getting approved at all times and it never resets and it doesn't matter anyway. And we're just back here in 10 years having the same argument. So I think you got to stay fast and firm on it. And it's tiered as long as you're at the school. It resets if you transfer or at least goes back one year. Unless you've graduated. And if you have graduated, you can stay on continuing with your, you know, fourth year or whatever uh, tier you are for earning potential. I think there's something to it. There's something to that that just makes sense. And why not do it? Uh, Chris, before we go, I have a proposal. Yes. Let's call Country Roads Trust. Okay. Everybody's been waiting for our phone call over there, right? Absolutely. And let's propose... We do a podcast with them about how they've been responding to this news. Because I've heard they've been very good. Yeah. I've heard they've generated some money. I think you've reported on this as well. Generated some money. It's not just the podcast. They have the wheels finally spinning here. But also, like, they've... West Virginia has been very clear with recruits that they can be taken care of with, I mean, I would say sizable sums of money. We've heard, we've not been able to report it because no one will tell us. Right. But like, I think it's fair to say that that's not a generalization. I'm going to have to edit out of this. Correct. <laughs> correct. Oh, maybe, maybe No, you don't have to edit that out, but yeah, you're correct. I mean, cause like you can't, it, everything they do and we brought, I've already written about it. So it's already out there. No sense in editing it out of here, but it's it. Presentations are being made to recruits presentations. Again, you, you, you cannot in West Virginia is not saying, you come here, we'll pay you 400 grand. That's not happening. What they are saying is, here is a PowerPoint presentation or something cooler than PowerPoint, I assume, of how our players are making money. Here is money being funneled in to the Country Roads Trust. Here are other businesses we work with. Here is some earning potential that you have if you came here. Voila. And, and, and what I'm told is that the earning potential in these presentations are big numbers, bigger numbers than I think a lot of people think of when, when yeah. you know, they assume about West Virginia and athletics uh, and, and numbers that are impressing and presentations that are impressing recruits at this point in time. Yes, like stunning. Okay, now, now you can edit it all out, Mike. Just get rid yeah. of it all. <laughs> but like, here's the deal now, like that's that's perfectly permissible and I would say admirable because that's the way the system is designed to exist right now. Hey. Good for Country Roads Trust. You're earning your paycheck. You're not the only one, right? So that's fine. But that may be walled off and you can't do that soon, which I don't want to say it takes away the legitimacy of their operation, but it certainly makes them have to focus on who's in-house more, which is the spirit of NIL. So we're kind of in a, a past meets future moment here in the present. I'd be very interested in what they have to say. So uh, I guess I could just email somebody or call somebody, but hey, let's make the public peer pressure in, in, invitation out there. That's effective. That never fails, right? Please get in the ring. Let's have a conversation. That that never goes wrong. Never. never. Well, the call is out. We'll see if it's received. Uh, and to be clear, Chris and I have been advocates of CRT for a while. I want to see it work. We'll see if it does. Yep. Until then, I'm Mike Casaza. And I'm Chris Anderson. We'll talk to you later. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance, avoid a war. 
From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+.